This is the EWN Radio Network. This is Close Up with Phyllis Smith. And welcome, welcome. Today we're going to be talking about confidence. This gap in uh, confidence in the business world between men and women. There is a book out that's getting a lot of buzz, and it's called The Confidence Code. And it's written by BBC journalist Caddy Kay and ABC correspondent Claire Shipman. And it's just so interesting to hear about and read about this gap between men and women in business. Here's some of the facts. Women make 23% less money than men, even though more men, more women earn college degrees. There's been studies that, uh, where students were asked what kind of salary do they think that they deserve when after they graduate from college, and the men would notoriously say 80000 a year, and women would say 64000 So there, you're hearing there's this inherent gap um, between the two, there was a study actually at the University of Berkeley. The conclusion was that um, people who get ahead are more confident than competent. And here's another fact, another factoid. Hewlett Packard did a study. Women will apply for promotions if they know they have 100% of skills required. But the men, they're going to apply if they have 60% of the skills. The point is it's like men take these risks and, uh, and women tend to hold back. So, you know, let's look at confidence. What, what does it mean? How do we define confidence? Well, uh, I, there was actually on the, on the website for this, uh, this book, um, again, the confidence code, I, there's a test, there's a quiz, and I, I took this quiz, and it came out, I was very pleased to see that I have higher than average confidence. Well, so what does that really mean? Well, it means that, according to this, that I probably feel up to most challenges. I'm more likely to embrace more risk and action than most. Um, I feel I can solve problems or make things happen. And most of the time, I'm able to cope and deal with just about any challenge life throws at me. And these are essentially attributes of confidence. And so right now, I have Christine Monahan. And Christine is one of our EWN radio hosts. Her show is called uh, Entrepreneur Conversations, and um, where she talks to other entrepreneurs about their successes and challenges. And she also mentors entrepreneurs. So, Christine, thank you for joining us today. Hello, Phyllis. Thank you for uh, having me on the show. Well, uh, if you just heard, I was talking about um, this book, The Confidence Code, and um, and in this book, these these uh, the authors, Caddy Kay and ABC, Car- uh, who's a BBC journalist and ABC correspondent, Claire Shipman, they talk about uh, you know number one that there are there's all these facts about how showing the difference, the gap between men and women and their confidence in terms of business, whether it's in the boardroom, or even in terms of you know running your own business, and so. I wanted to uh, talk to you because you mentor both men and women, and I'm real curious to see, you know, essentially, especially if you're mentoring business owners, at the core, 
they're generally, I mean, as an entrepreneur, we're driven. We're independent thinkers. We're filled with ideas. We're forward thinkers. Um, do you, however, despite all that, do you, however, see a gap between men and women in terms of confidence in the business world? Um, I don't see a gap so much in men and women in terms of confidence as I see um, a need for cer certain individuals to have more of a sense of self than others. And when I talk about a sense of self, which I think is probably what you're referring to as self-confidence, it's when you have a sense of ease, a sense of trust, um, and, a, and an internal knowing that your decisions are guiding you to the next best place and, and a trust in that. Um, and I think as entrepreneurs, the more you actually lead with that and the more you fuel that, the more confidence you have in how you're doing whatever it is you're doing, the message you're delivering. So, so then you don't necessarily see the, a, a big gap between the two, but that's so interesting because, um, you know, I, I, I had pointed out some some facts, sort of inherent facts and studies that came out, um, you know, where students uh, were asked, you know, what do they think they deserve to earn in salary? And they said the men generally said 80000 a year, women said 64000 a year. Sort of a, a, an inherent uh, difference in the two on, from the, from the get-go. So that's a, different, that, that's a different piece. So there's two pieces. There's the sense of self, which is the basic confidence in oneself and what our, our area of expertise is. And I think men are better at um, going out there and winging it and learning it later than women are. Women want to show up feeling safe and secure in that which they're putting out there. Men are much better at going out and winging it, selling it per se, and then figuring out, figuring out how to do it. So that's one piece, and that, a lot of that comes down to sales. Um, and men mm -hmm. are inherently more assertive and aggressive, if you will, um, than women are, say, in, in, in their delivery of how they sell what they sell. Now, in terms of the worst piece, the dollar, that's a whole different animal within the self-confidence uh, realm. And I do believe that men have absolutely no problem asking for that which is the price tag in a completely different way than women do. Um, that being said, I think a lot of women are now stepping into ownership, basically owning 100% of their worth or value. Um, and that is coming along as women really become so independent and so reliant upon themselves uh, with their own money story um, because it really comes down to how you, what your relationship with money is that dictates or influences asking for a certain amount of money and being completely comfortable if someone says yes or no. When I started out in my career, I mean, I never cared how much money I made. It was always about, I've just got to, I want to go here and I want to go here and I want to experience this and I want to try this. And I, was, and I think it also came down to that I was afraid to ask 
because I didn't know what I was worth. I didn't know the connection uh, between money. It was like money was sort of a dirty word. If, if I'm asking for money, then maybe I'm not worthy. I didn't understand. But as we get older, we realize we have families and, you know, we need money. <laughs> we need money to live. And so, you know, my that piece of it for me changed based on just my circumstances. Women are wired um, to nurture and, and to give. And without that sounding cliche, we're biologically wired um, to give birth to children <laughs> and, to, yeah. you know, to, from, from a procreation standpoint. So we're kind of hardwired to give. We're not as hardwired to ask to receive. So where I think women are now really stepping into owning that which they desire is they're learning to ask and they're learning to be okay with someone not necessarily saying yes I, you know, or yes or no to that. They're learning to detach from the outcome. Um, and the sooner we all detach from the outcome of whatever we're asking for and not take it personally per se, then the more we're going to ask and the more we'll put it out there. So from a universal energy perspective, um, you must give to receive. And the more you learn how to receive, um, the more you can give, the more you'll receive. And they're, they're so connected, um, which if, you know, from, a, from, from the perspective of, of universal energy, you have to learn how to receive just as much as you've got to learn how to give. And that starts with asking. And that's and to be okay with someone saying no and continuing to move forward regardless. Christine, yeah, we're going to take a break. But um, when we come back, we're going to talk about some, uh, something that, uh, believe it or not, some you might not even be aware of, but that hormonally, Women um, are actually uh, hardwired, as you talked about being hardwired. We're hardwired uh, differently when it comes to confidence, and I'll explain why in just a moment. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. Our annual International Conference and Business Expo is on August 7th through the 10th, and we not only have a wonderful lineup of speakers and thought leaders, but this year you will be part of the experience. This is one of, if not the only, conference that will balance your experience between learning from the wisdom of great speakers to hands-on living it through laser coaching, journaling, interacting, and sharing with other conference members. This will be an educational, inspirational, motivational, and transformational experience. Oh, yeah, and we have the best party in town on Saturday night, dancing till you drop to one of the best bands in Dallas, Walton Stout. Visit eWomenNetwork.com for details on how you can be part of this life-changing experience. You're connected to the EWN Radio Network. And we're back now. I'm talking with, uh, this is Phyllis Smith. You're listening to Close Up, and I'm talking with Christine Monahan, 
WWN radio host of Entrepreneur Conversations, and we're talking about confidence and uh, the, uh, the a gap, at least, uh, you know, there's you know, there's a gap in different areas of confidence between men and women in the business world, particularly in relation to money we were talking about. But here's something, uh, a, a fact, that testosterone uh, alone gives, it's wired to give you more confidence to take risks. And estrogen is actually encourages conciliation and caution. So what does that mean for men and women? That we are, literally, Christine, hardwired to, uh, as women, um, to be more conciliatory, to be a little bit more, you know, cautious as opposed to uh, men. But that is starting to change. I mean, there are so many more women, for example, who are starting their own businesses and uh, and you know we we when we do that we we have to be assertive we have to go after uh, businesses we have to obtain clients in order to survive so it's kind of a, you know think about it as an entrepreneur if you're in a survival mode and that requires you know testosterone you you got to go out like in caveman days you you have to go out and and you know hunt right so. As women entrepreneurs are are having to actually go out and hunt, so. But I wonder if you know, think about this: Have we actually not? Are we sort of not caught up to it yet? But where or are you seeing a shift that that might be happening? Okay, so here's my thought because I, I've observed this, um, and I and I've lived it. I you know I'm 51. I remember being 24 and going down to Phoenix and um, pitching to get a large, large, like a half-million-dollar contract for uh, the first Formula One races here in Vancouver. And it was a male, very male-dominated world. And I was in my early 20s, so what did I know? How do I know what I don't know? What I Fast forward to today, what I now get... Um, which I'm so glad I get now, is I think what's happened is women jumped into this, into this male-dominated business world, fabulous, and instead of owning it on their own terms from, say, an estrogen standpoint, they jumped in, <laughs> owned it as a testosterone um, woman, which is, is completely against how we're made up. And so... You know, there were the women, they were in suits, they were getting into boardrooms, they were so-called, you know, ball-busting, I can't think of any other term, but they were doing all mm-hmm. that, right? Right. And, and they were succeeding, but they were succeeding at such a high cost to themselves and their actual makeup that they were compromising everything that actually could and should have worked for them. And so I mm. think what now is happening is it's balancing out. And if women could just play up the estrogen that is part of their DNA, so to speak, and utilize that to lead on their own terms and to collaborate versus trying to show up like a man. They're not a man. And a man shouldn't be trying to show up as a woman. So let's just all, you know, be clear that there are men and women we have different ways of showing up. And if you look at some of these very, very successful women, either in corporations or as entrepreneurs, who are really, truly, I would say, thriving on all levels, not just monetarily, 
they have mastered showing up as a woman. They, they retain their femininity and they have an inner strength which they've cultivated so that they actually trust innately what choice they're making and why they're making it and then they do not doubt it. They absolutely run with it no matter what and that is what is allowing them to thrive in a new way and part of that mm. is creating collaborations which which you were speaking of about the tribe um, mm. in, in terms of instead of just going it alone and I think if women can really just own the femininity without without you know without going in and trying to be the man um, do it on your own terms right there's some uh, though inherent traits that that we that I think women can learn from in terms of men. For example, um, in the book they talk about, uh, and again the name of the book is um, the Confidence Code. And this is you know it's just it's just making um, uh, it getting a lot of buzz. Um, one of the things it talks about is that men tend to have doubts. Right? We all have doubts, but men have doubts, but they don't dwell on them. Women dwell, and that men are not as hard on themselves as well. Here's another thing. Women get, women get nervous. I mean, everyone gets nervous. That's common, of course. We all get nervous about something. We get the jitters before we're going to go into a big client you know, call or something, a sales call or whatever it is. Uh, but women let the nerves stop them from taking the next step and men don't. This is this is just some of the things that the that the book has has pointed out. Another thing, women over prepare, which in a way can hold themselves back. Men under prepare, but then they have more confidence still to move forward. Have you seen that? Do, does any of this resonate with you and any of your and any of the people you mentor? The women who I see who are really uh, succeeding, and I don't mean just monetarily. I mean they're succeeding in terms of feeling like they've got. Um, they've got a good mix of their personal life, their business life, their creative life, their you know their physical activity life. They've got a they've got a good a good handle on all of it, and they seem to be doing well in most of it at any given time. They have learned to make a decision. They have learned to own that decision, and then they go for it. They, they they they've learned, and this is a learned thing because women again they're biologically wired to take care of and nurture children. So along with that goes a sense of worry and a sense of, oh, is Joey okay? And is, you know, Sally flying off the, you know, the swing set or whatever. So these women are learning how to make these decisions and absolutely own them and be okay with whatever the outcome is and, and trust that they'll deal with what the outcome is. Men are already wired that way, so they don't have to kind of learn that. That's already innate within them. Um, so it, it's just a matter of learning how to go about leading your own way. And I think if women can just kind of park all of this stuff, you know, even the confidence code, it's like there is, I don't believe there really is a code. I believe that if you just nurture your own internal growth, physically, emotionally, financially, intellectually, relationally, and you get that piece together on your own terms, 
and then you just lead with that, trusting your choices, it will carry you. All things being equal, yes. that you obviously know what you're doing in whatever your area of expertise is. Yeah, but I, I love that because even by, by saying that there is a code, do you think that that sort of creates the gap in a way? It's like women are not like men and men are not like women and, and almost like I, – I, I think that the reason that that makes this in, important is that uh, as, you know, earlier on when I, when I said that women make 23% less money than men even though more women earn college degrees – I think the, 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 the idea is that, well, you know, we, we have all of this, we have all of this potential, um, but somehow we're not reaching the same level um, as men are, even though we have all kinds of opportunities uh, to do that and the, certainly the ability to do that. I think that's why this came up, but I think what you're saying is that, is, is that, we need to embrace, women need to embrace their estrogen. <laughs> they, we need to embrace who we are, not try to be like men. And, and we, I think all of us can learn from each other. And then if we blend it, a, you know, a nice balance, a nice blend, then there won't be necessarily a gap and, and a this versus this. It'll all, we'll all sort of be in it together. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm, I'm hearing from you. Is that correct? Yeah, and, and you know, th- that's my, my humble opinion um, based just on my own experience of being in the corporate world at such a young age and then having moved into being an entrepreneur over the years and, and been in scenarios where it's been very male-dominated and, and having consciously chosen to create what I have now, which is a very collaborative approach, both with women and men. And the men who I really am drawn to in business are really, they're, 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 they're some of the most conscious, soul-inspired individuals um, that absolutely mm. wow me. So I think that, that, that there's a learning on both sides but I think those that are able to do to achieve that right now are very clear that they're either men or women, and <laughs> all things being equal, they're going to honor and own that with um, a great amount of respect and 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 influence. And so, you know, I don't know is is the book written by a woman or a man? Two women, two two correspondents, BBC journalist Caddy Kay and ABC correspondent Claire Shipman. So women who have made it, you know, in the journalism world, and they really just wanted to, uh, this is something they were seeing uh, for themselves, and, you know, and then they decided to, you know, check the research and, and uh, look it up, do it themselves, and um, and this is, you, you know, know there, what, what they came dirty. There, there's huge disparities yeah. still in what women earn and what men earn. I think that's shifting, and I think that is shifting hugely through the entrepreneur um, economy. Uh, and I believe that that shift is is taking is you know is taking hold. I think also there's a lot of women out there, especially when they're you know raising children they might be earning less because they might not actually be working full-time. And I might get slack back for that right now. But but if you're not working full-time, you might be earning less. It doesn't mean that your worth is less. 
it means that you're working less, so maybe you are earning less, relatively speaking. So, you know, it's a statistic. I think statistics are great measurement, and I think women are absolutely owning their worth on a whole different level now, and they're doing it um, in a way that works for them, that, that, that then they don't have to be slaves to what someone says it should look like or how they should show up. I think also uh, something that's extremely important is how you're raised and how are we raising our daughters. Years ago, I mean, I do have to say that I remember when I first graduated, and I'm 53, and when I first graduated um, from college and going on my first interview, my father, who is, I love him dearly, but is not the most evolved man on the planet, um, and very much a chauvinist, he told me to make sure when I went in the interviews with men that I flirt. And he no. also told, yes, that I flirted with them. And and all the and then also when I was younger, when I would go out and play tennis with uh, with a guy, he would tell me to make sure I don't win. So I have this this dying need my whole life. I have been working to compensate, and I am very very driven. And so uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to be talking with another one of our EWN radio hosts. Um, and we're going to talk to her about raising daughters and what we need to uh, tell our daughters and, and how we need to guide them so that they do have the confidence. So when they come out of the womb, they don't think there is no gap. It just is what it is. And they are who they are. And as you say, Christine, they embrace who they are and use it to their uh, advantage. And we'll also find out some other tips um, on how you can boost confidence if you feel that, uh, that you're lacking. So, Christine, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll be back shortly. Thank you. Wearing on my shoulders, gotta find strength in me. This is the EWN Radio Network. This is Close Up with your host, Phyllis Smith. And welcome back. Yes, this is Phyllis Smith. And welcome back. We've been talking about the confidence gap between men and women in business. And joining us is Shirley Palmer. She's an EWN radio network host of Shirley Talks. And uh, she's going to weigh in on the confidence factor and tackle more about why women might be less confident than men when it comes to business. Shirley, I see that you're on. Welcome. Hi, Phyllis. How are you today? Very good. Thank you for joining us. You are in London, England, so uh, you're you're about six hours ahead of me right now. Um, you know, one of the most powerful women in the world rose to the top and ran your country for a while, Margaret Thatcher. You know, whatever your politics are, that's quite a feat. Do you see a confidence gap in your in your country in the UK? I think the simple answer to that is yes. I think. Um 
anywhere in the world right now has that gap between men and women. And I think it's as simple as how we're wired. Um, the understanding of why we think differently and what that's about. Um, I had a recent conversation with someone on this and, um, you know, the most important thing in, in that was really talking about how do we address with our kids? What, how do we bring our kids up? What's the thought process? What role does a young boy play and what role does a young girl play? And helping us understand the different dynamics within the family and then taking that through education and obviously into the workplace as well. One of the problems in talking about raising daughters and sons, of course, to respect our women, um, but one of the, the critical contributing factors, according to this book, The Confidence Code, that has been recently released and getting a lot of buzz, um, is that girls are taught to be perfect. Um, boys are not necessarily taught to be perfect. I'm not saying all boys, but this is uh, one of the things is that boys will take more risks. And girls are afraid to take risks because they are brought up to be perfect. They're afraid of failing, essentially. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? In some respects, I would agree with you, but I think the bigger issue there is really looking at the media and what the media is portraying. You referred to Margaret Thatcher. If we look at Margaret Thatcher, a lot of people would have said she was probably more of a man than actually a woman. And I think the most important factor is really looking at how we use our feminine traits. There's a difference between how yeah. a woman looks yeah. at something and deals with it. So a woman typically um, will be more nurturing, so therefore bringing a slightly different dynamic across associated with that whereas a man won't. You're right in saying a woman um, will not want to address risk where a, man, or a man is more likely to deal with risk. But that's about simply believing, you know what, I can do it anyway, and excuse the pun, it's like, ladies, it's time to start growing some balls and actually just stand up and go do it. Um, but that, mm. for me, is more about helping the emphasis that we need to teach the next generation is how to be able to believe in themselves and by believing in themselves to also short and firm is be you allowing themselves to be authentic and who they are rather than pretending to be someone else if we look at what the media portrays as a woman they the the assumption is that um, because of the celebs you know, you're you're this size, you're this image, you're in this industry, this is what's sexy, this is what isn't sexy. But so many people are airbrushed in that environment, you're not seeing what's the real you. So my philosophy is very much one of get rid of the facade. Just be yourself. The most important thing you can do in your life is just to be yourself and no one else. You know, just... Um Moments ago, uh, there was a woman that came into our offices here at eWomen Network, and she was in Wall Street for about 20 years. She left that business. She's very successful, has a private equity firm. She started, she's CEO of, of a company that she started, that uh, venture capitalist con uh, company. Very uh, strong, smart woman. 
raised four four children um, all along the way. And she's, you know, she comes in very confident. It's interesting. She was telling us that when she first started out in Wall Street, she was told to wear flats, don't wear makeup, and act like a man. And she essentially refused to do that. And, um, and so, you know, and I'm, I'm noticing more and more women. Um, in fact, um, Christine Monahan, who was on, uh, in earlier, uh, was talking about embracing that femininity. Um, and I say that we need to blend it. I think that inherently women have, have certain characteristics that are beneficial and so do men. And that instead of men and, you know, saying we're, be more male or be more, or more feminine or more woman, we just need to blend it all and find, uh, what is in us that gives us, that empowers us and to move, to move forward and tap into all those sides. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree fully with you. It, again, it goes back to, you know, women are great at um, bringing projects together, you know, really looking at the dynamics of a project and, and, and managing that. They're, you know, great organizers and great project people. They're great at nurturing, so they're great at looking after teams. But they also have a phenomenal in, uh, intuition, and one of the things that I find with a lot of clients is they keep, especially women, they keep second-guessing themselves. It's like they can be sitting around a boardroom table if we're taking it to the business arena, um, and they're sitting there with the question, and they don't ask. What then happens? Typically, someone else around the table will ask the same question. They think, Don, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I ask that question? Um, and it's... Got to stop second guessing themselves. Our intuition is our most incredible, powerful tool that's helping guide us in every aspect of our life. So all we've got to do is tap into it and use it. And I think it's about um, being genuine with yourself, being true to yourself. And yeah, okay, so sometimes we make a mistake. Fine. Pick up, go on, start all over again. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's one of the things that the book also talks about is that women tend to hold themselves back, that they have a well of self-doubt and that they maybe don't deserve to be at the top. In your case, they don't deserve to ask the question. They, they don't deserve to be noticed or, or speak up. Um, you know, uh, and anyway, so, uh, and also that women, they tend to let the nerves get the best of them. You know, everybody gets nervous before they raise their hand or jump in, but, and that, and that, not that saying men don't, but men might take the next step. Um, one of the things is that, you know, in your own business, you help people master their mindset. So what are some steps that you might recommend to your, uh, female, your female clients? who have confidence issues? What are some of the things? You, you, you mentioned some of them, you know, about just being yourself. But, like, you yeah. know, specifically, okay. let's say somebody, you know. Okay, so, the first, is, so the, first, the first thing I would probably turn around and say, what's the worst thing that could happen? And then actually acknowledging and understanding, well, is that true? Because most, most of what we think you know, if you can imagine one of those scenarios, like standing up, speaking up, poising the question around that board table, what is the worst scenario that could happen? What, what, what would that actually look like? And would that end up being true? So, for example, the person might say, well, 
think it was a pretty dumb question. Well, ask yourself a question. Is it true? Is it really a dumb question? And the reality is, mm. no, it's not. So then go and ask the question anyway and really look at the situation because we get crowded by the thoughts in our mind, the negative chatter that's going on, and you need to be able to switch that off. We need to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to talk more about some of, you know, how to master your mindset and also offer some tips to boost your confidence. We'll be back in just a moment. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. Our annual International Conference and Business Expo is on August 7th through the 10th, and we not only have a wonderful lineup of speakers and thought leaders, but this year you will be part of the experience. This is one of, if not the only, conference that will balance your experience between learning from the wisdom of great speakers to hands-on living it through laser coaching, journaling, interacting, and sharing with other conference members. This will be an educational, inspirational, motivational, and transformational experience. Oh yeah, and we have the best party in town on Saturday night, dancing till you drop to one of the best bands in Dallas, Walton Stout. Visit eWomenNetwork.com for details on how you can be part of this life-changing experience. Welcome back to Close Up with Phyllis Smith. Welcome back again. Smith, and we're talking with Shirley Palmer. She is an EWN radio network uh, host of Shirley Talks. And uh, Shirley Talks, uh, uh, you can hear her live, and uh, this is Eastern Time. You can hear Shirley Talks at 12 noon on, um, on Tuesdays. Uh, but, of course, if you can't listen live, you can always uh, access her on demand, you can access any of her shows on demand. Now, Shirley is a is one of her, her her area of expertise is helping you master your mindset. That's what she does in in, in her private business. Um, and so, Shirley, you're talking about some of the things, uh, something you might say to someone who's afraid to raise their hand and offer up, uh, uh, you know, an answer or, or to something, say, in in a boardroom. And you recommend that they, you know, you, they ask themselves, well, what's the worst that can happen? What about for uh, somebody, let's just say an entrepreneur who is going in and trying to pitch uh, their, their business, say they even work with, uh, you know, as a subcontractor in, for a corporation. They go into a boardroom, there's a whole bunch of men there, and they've got they've to pitch um, their, their service um, for the corporation. Um, and they're with a whole bunch of men. Um, is there a different language that they need to speak, or do they, as you said earlier, just be yourself? No, I think I, I don't think it's about talking a different language. I still think it's as simple as being yourself. There's probably two things I would suggest that that individual does. And the first one is using the power of the imagination. So allowing yourself to actually sit down and imagine that you've already done this and placing yourself before you actually go into the room. 
placing yourself, so sitting down, closing your eyes, vividly really imagining that you've succeeded going through all of this. The, the, the very clever thing that we don't understand entirely about the mind is it doesn't know the difference between vividly imagining something and something that is real. So if you do that and you can bring all your senses into that, when you do go to do it, it's going to feel familiar and you're going to feel more at ease with it. The mm. other side to that that you could do, which again is typical about creating new habits, is using the as-if frame. So a little bit like fake it until you make it. So saying to yourself, well, if I was confident, how would I act? How would I move mm. around? How would I speak? What would I be thinking? What would I be telling myself inside? And by going through your process of asking those questions, actually it helps bring you into a more confident state. So you start to act much more confident, and then it becomes more of a habit. So it's, it's a retreating now, process and, and helping you to see what you can do. Now, it doesn't mean, you talked earlier about the nerves, it doesn't mean that you won't feel nervous. It doesn't mean that, you know, maybe for the very first time you might have a little bit of a shake in your voice. But actually, once you've done it the first time, then you get to see the power of it and you go, oh, that wasn't so bad. Actually, that was easier than I thought it would be. And, you know, that helps build the levels of confidence. One of the things uh, uh, that is, again, talked about in this in this book, the uh, the Confidence Code, um, is that women also take things personally. So if, for example, they pitch an idea or they present uh, something at a, in a meeting um, and it's, it's not accepted or there is, a, you know, some kind of conflict or dispute over it, they take it personally, um, whereas men don't. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and, and so how do you, how do you convince somebody? How do you, what kind of mindset should you be, uh, should, the, should women who feel that way, who take things personally, how do they shift that? How do they turn that around? First question I'd have to say is why do they feel the necessity to take it personally? There's, um, an amazing book, and I'm just trying to think what the name of the book is right now. Uh, the Four Agreements. By oh, McGill. yeah, that's one of my favorites. Changed my, changed my I, life when I read that book. I, I, you know, I lived my life in some respect by that book. And, of course, one of, the, one of the four agreements is don't take things personally. Don't take anything personally. So the question is, well, what is it saying about you if you are taking it personally? Why is it that actually what, you, what you're really doing by doing that is judging yourself. So why are you judging yourself? Why do you feel the need to actually judge yourself? Why does it matter? When you can help people see to let that go and not take on other people's thoughts, it's the process of really learning detachment. That's where the power comes. Because then you can see, actually, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what someone else thinks. This is your life. This is your journey. No one else can live it the way you do. You are very unique. You are very individual in your thought process. No one else can be you. Think like you, walk like you, talk like you. 
So you will always bring something else to the table. And once you understand the power, the essence of the power associated with that, you will realize it doesn't matter, but someone else will always have an opinion of you, but you don't have to take that opinion on. Right. I think it's also, yes, and and bringing in the four agreements again, it changed my life when I read that because I used to take things personally all the time. Is is the uh, another premise in that as far as taking things personally is that everybody has a different life. Everybody he he describes it as we're all in our own movie. So if people if somebody has an opinion of you, um, it's really coming from their history and whatever uh, happened to them and their experiences that have brought them to that place to have that particular judgment. It has nothing to do with you. So, uh, you know, right? And, and, and so that's, that's, I, that really helped me a, a great deal uh, because, you know, I think many of us, like I know that I'm an overachiever. And so, you know, and I can tell you, you know, lots of psychological reasons why that is. But, you know, and if I don't do something well, and I'm sure you can and others can relate to this, I get I get really down on myself. I get I'm really hard on myself. I think that's another problem too. Is is do you do you find that kind of like um, we women maybe in a certain stage and maybe it's my age group. I'm 53. Maybe it's you know I, I was telling Christine that earlier on when I was a kid when I just graduated from college, going off and getting interviewed, doing interviews for my career. My dad said to me, who's now 80. Um, but so he's from a whole different generation said, well, make sure you flirt with the men that who are interviewing you. And so I was kind of raised like that. So I think I'm in that generation of just where I have that, that those old messages and then moving into newer, you know, a, a newer messages, uh, that are, that are being created by, uh, girl, women and girls that are coming up now. And it's kind of in, you know, in that middle right now where, I, I have that ambivalence, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels that way. Um, perfectionism is quite a challenge, and I think um, without trying to make a generalization, I think women tend to feel, I have to get something 100% or I have to get something 150%. So if you looked at typically a woman going for a job interview as opposed to a man going for a job interview, even if there's something on the list, that the woman can't do, she'll be focusing on the fact of the things that she can't do rather than the things that she can do. Whereas the man would typically say, yeah, I can do all of this. And even if he it doesn't matter, he'll just bluff it through. So like we said earlier, a little bit like fake it until you make it, until he gets the job. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. And, and, and I can relate to um, being a bit of a perfectionist because I would have been that person that would have done things 100%, but I can't say exactly when I woke up in there and went, actually, hold on a minute, what's the difference between 80% and 100%? Who's going to notice the difference? What does that look like? So, you know, how much time do you have to spend to get between that 80% to 100% to get to the craft that you need? Now, I'm not talking about excellence, I'm not talking about um, being authentic or integrity, I'm talking about 
just the attention to detail, which is typically what women like to do. They like to do the, the little, the nice bits on the finish, which actually maybe isn't needed. And that's what eats up people's time. So again, it's simply looking at it and saying, where is the benefit in that for you? Um, and you have a choice to look at that. And again, stop doing this comparing. We don't need to compare ourselves to others. We just need to make a decision, go with it. Um, and along the way, if things change, they change. Right. Uh, I want to bring in, we're, we're uh, going to be running out of time here shortly, but I want to bring in, go back a little bit to where we are talking about raising daughters. Um, a, a few tips on that um, from the Confidence Code book uh, we're referring, it's referring to. Um, first of all, number one, praise her moderately, not excessively. I think this is, uh, this is really something. Saying, well done for working so hard on this is much better than you are the best student ever. I was raised where language of, oh, you're the best, you're the best, was constantly thrown out. God, you know, God bless my parents. I love them and they love me dearly, but they're very dramatic in that way. Oh, you're the most wonderful and you're the best this and best that. So it was always the sense that I had to live up to that. Um, but I love this idea of well done. Um, in fact, my English friends say that all the time. <laughs> well done. So that was uh, one thing. Another, help your daughter feel satisfied when she's done her best, regardless of whether she's done better or worse than others. And this goes into what you're talking about. Stop comparing us, stop comparing ourselves to others, but it starts early on as we parent our daughters. Um, and another one, go ahead. No, I was, I was, I was going to say, Phyllis, I'm going to take you back to the book and just, you know, to remind the audience, um, yes, one of the four agreements was don't take things personally, but I think this kind of lends itself straight into what you're talking about. Be impeccable with your words. You know, as a parent, the importance of actually being impeccable with your words, but as an individual as well. So being genu genuine with that and bringing the praise across in the level that is needed without blowing it up. You know, there's a lot of young women out there today that, are feeling they're being so incredibly challenged and the high expectations of them that they kind of fall off the cliff. You know, we've got so many kids. I recently covered, we had a mental health awareness week last week and I was doing a, a talk for one of the big banks. 10% of children are dealing with mental health issues. Mm. Part of that is because mm -hmm. what, it is, what it is we're saying to them and the expectations of that. The the other bit in there that you said and going back to the book, always do your best. Your yeah. best and, and this is really this is really important for our kids. Your best is always good enough. If you've got a cold today, still go do your best. If you're feeling tired today, just go do your best. And actually as women mm. we need to apply this to ourselves. You do not have to push yourself over the curve if you're not feeling it today. Step back a little bit and give yourself a little bit of me time. And the other one that's in there, the fourth one, was don't make assumptions. If you need to go ask, go ask, but don't assume and allow the chatter to run around in your head. The importance is being able to switch that off. And a great tool to switch that off is the power of laughter. Really important on a daily basis. Make some, make some light humor. 
Yeah, and um, and you know another thing that we can also show our daughters is that we're not perfect, and we have to accept that we're not perfect, as you're saying here. Um, you know, doing our best, and I've said this to my my children, just do your best. If your best today might be different than your best tomorrow was yesterday, whatever it is, just do your best and say, then you can always feel proud that you've done your best. But it's also to show, it's important to show our children, our daughters, that it's okay to that, and that we do make mistakes and that we aren't perfect, whatever perfect means. Perfect is doing your best, essentially, right? And then show her that the world doesn't end because you mess up. I mean, how many of us, who among us haven't messed up in one way or another? So um, there you go. Some tools for, uh, uh, for, for teaching your children, your, your daughters. Teach your sons to be respectful and recognize girls as, uh, as, as they're equal. And, uh, and you know, and it, that's just as important also as teaching girls that they're that they are, um, you know, that they are, that they're, how they're well, whatever they do, just they're well done for what they're doing and be themselves and don't be afraid to be themselves, but also blending all the, the traits of girls and boys and men and women. I think that we, you know, we can all accomplish such great things if we can just see that as just not just separating men and women, but, but that these are all just traits that are necessary for doing well in the business world, parenting, whatever it is that we do. So the other thing I want to leave you with is that uh, I think that it's really important that women not uh, need to redefine their talent. It's not just what you do, but talent also includes confidence. And that there has been research that says people do get ahead because of confidence, not necessarily competence. So I leave you with that. Shirley, thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, this is Phyllis Smith with Close Up. Father's biggest to your daughters. Daughters will love like you do. Girls become lovers who turn into mothers. So mothers be good to your daughters too.